Welcome to Invest Like a Woman. I'm your host, Gabby Slummer, founder of Finasana. In this podcast, we'll break down money, investing, and everything in between to help you build your money confidence and feel good about your finances. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here for season two of Invest Like a Woman. I'm so excited. It's been a couple of months since since we wrapped up season one with reflections on 2022, a pretty wild year actually. But season one, we focused on a lot of different things. It was how to get started investing, how to look at your finances for the first time, where you should start, what is investing, a lot of like how-to guides almost. We talked a little bit about some of the more emotional parts of money. A lot of it was pretty finance heavy. And it was really meant to give you the foundations and teach you the basics to get started on your journey of managing your finances and navigating the kind of crazy and complicated and bizarre world of money a little bit easier than you're probably used to. So hopefully season one gave you a good foundation, gave you lots of new vocabulary words, made you feel more comfortable and confident about all things money. Season two, we're we're shifting gears a little bit and we're focusing on how to invest like a woman, but not always in the stock market. Instead, we're talking about investing in your financial, mental, emotional health, how to use money conversations, money feelings, money emotions to just kind of navigate life a little bit easier. So to kick things off, we have a really exciting topic today that I cannot wait to get into, almost like a little mini therapy session, if I'm being honest, because this is a topic that hits really close to home. And I've thought about a lot recently, especially in the past couple of years, as a lot of things in my life has changed, not only from career, starting Finasana, launching my own business moving countries. I mean, so much has changed. And with a lot of change comes comparison. And a lot of times we compare ourselves to other people, to what we think people our age or in our situation should be doing, or even to our prior selves. So today I want to talk about that, about whether it's beneficial to compare yourself to others when comparison can be good, when it can be dangerous, when it can be bad, and when it can be ambivalent. And a lot of it has to do with the way that we approach it and the way that we think about it, not just the comparison itself, because the comparison, unfortunately, a lot of times is inevitable. The society that we live in breeds a culture of comparison, Instagram, looking directly at you and all social media. So let's get right into it and start by talking about Instagram, (laughs) probably a good place as any to start because God, that gets into so much more than just money, doesn't it? But a lot of times we end up looking at our feeds, looking at what other people are up to and wondering how in the world are they affording all of that and feeling bad about ourselves because you look at 
someone else's highlight reel of their lives because we all know that's exactly what social media is, people posting kind of the best of the best. And it's easy to get caught up in the comparison, putting finances to the side, right? You're kind of looking at what someone else is doing and it's how they're at this stage in their lives or this person just got engaged or this person just got a new job or launched a new business or look at all these places this person is traveling, which can be kind of heavy and difficult enough. But then when you add the financial piece of it and it's how are these people affording these things? And you constantly see someone on vacation, you see someone go on vacation enough weekends in a row, and it's like, what the hell? I can't afford that. Like, where is this coming from? And then what happens? Those feelings of I'm not good enough, I don't make enough, you feel shame or inadequate, insufficient, all of these like really awful feelings that are all stemming from comparison and a lot of times fueled by only kind of one medium that you're seeing people's lives. And it's funny. I remember a couple of years ago, I I kind of go back and forth on my own personal social media use where sometimes I'll post a bit more, sometimes I'll post less. And it's frankly, it's not really based on anything. It hasn't been based on or at least not um, something that I consciously recognize. It hasn't been based on how I'm feeling or what I'm actually doing or anything, but I don't know. Sometimes I post less, sometimes I post more. You might resonate with that. But I remember a couple of years ago, it was this summer, and I was posting quite a bit. I hadn't gone on vacation for a couple of months, and then I had like four back-to-back, and I guess I posted about it a lot. And I remember getting loads of questions like, how are you traveling this much? Did you quit your job? Oh my God, what happened? Like, how do you get all this free time? And it was coming across, obviously, like I was traveling every single day of the week. But in reality, what I was doing is barely sleeping, working my ass off on planes and kind of in the morning and flying out Friday evening, flying back, overnight flight Sunday, going straight back to work, sleeping on trains, having to like travel for work during the week. And I was dead. I was exhausted. I remember putting on like 50 SPF because I didn't want the office to know I had like gone to the Caribbean over the weekend. And I knew that I was going to get in like the kitchen, make myself a coffee. And if I was tan, I was going to get loads of questions about how I had vacation days or really, really dumb stuff. But the point of telling that is you can you only know what someone's posting about. You don't know the reality. Just because someone's traveling a lot doesn't necessarily mean they're not working a lot. You have no idea how they're paying for all of these things. You just know that they are away. But the point is that it's really easy to compare with what people choose to show. And you don't always have the full story. For most of the time, you don't even have half of the story. So when you're looking at people's situations on on the internet and wanting to emulate that lifestyle, whether it's friends of yours or we all know loads and loads and loads of social media influencers who literally make a living off of posting the things that they do a lot of times from ads or gifts online. And you, we try to rec- recreate that in our personal lives. It can be quite damaging for not only like our emotional states, but for our bank accounts. So just worth thinking about. Just something that worth keeping in mind next time you see 
a lifestyle on the internet and want to have that same one. So we all know that we compare to what we see on Instagram quite a lot, but why do we actually do it? I read something recently that the place or the situation in which we most frequently compare and like feel it in our gut, because there's some things that you compare, but you're not, it doesn't really like stick with you. And there's other things that you compare yourself to other people and it hurts or you feel shameful or it really gets to you, it really gets in your gut. And when that happens, when it becomes really distressing, it's usually because the whatever you're comparing reflects something that either you value or something that you think others value. So that kind of begs the question, which is when you're comparing yourself, your financial situation, your work situation to what you perceive to be someone else's financial situation, it's really important to think about your values. And what, why is the thing that you're comparing, whether that's how frequently someone eats at restaurants or the clothes that someone's wearing, what value does that hit? And is that serving you in a positive, productive way? Or is that hurting your mental health, your productivity, your thoughts and feelings about yourself or what you think you should be. What's an example of that? I think a good example for me is looking – I mean, I already talked a little bit about traveling and traveling is something that is – it's quite important to me. I love traveling. My family lives all over the world, so I have to travel a lot of times to see my family and my friends. I've moved around a lot in my life. So that's something that's important to me. But there's a difference between traveling to see family and friends and kind of planning that out or staying at a resort that is picture perfect. And you, we all know that person who like plans the trips around the Instagrammable things that they can post and are very eye-catchy. So – if, if we think about that, the, the traveling bit, right, and, and comparing how much other people travel to how much I travel, I think about a couple of things and a couple of different value systems that that touches. One is freedom of time and having the time to travel because it's not just financial, right? It's the vacation days and the at-home responsibilities parents will probably particularly feel the impacts of kind of the time constraints. It's all of these other things that aren't necessarily the money, but they're linked to money, having the freedom to decide what you do with your time. So if, I, if I'm seeing someone traveling loads and I'm jealous and there's traveling with friends, traveling with family, all of that, what's coming up for me isn't they have money to travel and I don't necessarily. It's they have time to travel and, oh, how are – can they work from home or I guess not anymore post-COVID but like a previous me. How did they create that flexibility in those in their lives or maybe someone to travel with? So a lot of different things that at – at kind of the first glance can seem like it's it is quite financial and a lot of people can think well 
if only I had the money or if I won the lottery or if this happened. But if you dig a little deeper, sometimes you can uncover other values that you're using the lack of potentially money to mask. So many people say, when I have the money, I'll do X, Y, Z. Or if I won the lottery, I'd do X, Y, Z. So every time you have those those thoughts, I'd encourage you to think about, well, why do I want to do this? And think deeper than just about the financial piece of it. When you pinpoint what value you're maybe missing is the wrong word, but what value is kind of getting to you or eating at your core when you compare yourself to other people. The next question is, what can you do about it? And if it is something – and listen, sometimes it might actually be the financial bit of it. You want to take a vacation and you don't have enough money to go on a vacation and you feel jealous because you really need that time to refresh. So it's tied to needing a break, but it's also tied to just kind of needing to get away. So in that situation, yeah, money might actually be a part of it. But in in that, that silly little example I just gave, even identifying like what it is about that that you feel like you need, you can then plan around a little bit easier and separate out what is the feelings of void um, and loneliness and emptiness or frustration or jealousy or whatever it is. And whether it's negative or positive, I know I've been focusing a little bit on the negative, but separating out why you feel the way you feel, what aspects of those are purely monetary and financial, and which ones aren't. And for the ones that aren't, thinking of ways to address that that aren't spending money. So whether that's therapy or journaling or exercise or going for a walk or talking it out with friends or whatever it means to you, but not always turning to the shopping therapy or the trying to use money if you have it or don't have it, which a lot of people get into this trap of using money to fill a void of other sorts. Another thing that I really want to talk about, and we've been focusing on the negative, so I'm just going to talk about this and then we'll move on to when comparison can actually be a positive thing. A lot of people, we look at rich and famous people or people who are in positions of power, maybe in our companies or in our families. And we're jealous about the praise that those people get because we don't just covet the things that people have. We covet their kind of perceived power and their perceived lifestyles and what money can bring them. And we assume that money is bringing happiness, even though that might not be the case. We don't know what someone's financial situation is, even if it looks like someone has a lot of money. We don't know anything about their spending habits. We don't know anything about how much they're saving, about how much their lifestyles cost, how many dependents they have, how expensive those dependents are, or any of that. So also something I saw in some like marketing document or book one place that was brands like Gucci and Prada and Louis Vuitton and Chanel 
aren't marketed towards wealthy people. They're marketed towards middle-class people who want to be wealthy. And a lot of times they buy those brands as a signal to the world that they've made it, regardless of whether or not they have. So what we're reacting to when when we compare ourselves against other people is that signal that they've chosen to very explicitly or very intentionally show the world that they have money, not necessarily whether they actually do or don't, whether how that's making them feel, the reason behind that purchase, and so many other things. So up until now, we've spoken about how comparison can make us feel bad about ourselves, how it can the comparison around money specifically can mask other feelings that we are hiding by allowing us to think that it's purely financial comparison. So when can comparing ourselves to other people actually be a positive? Our salaries is a big one when it comes to comparison. And a lot of times people don't really share their salaries that frequently. I know I've had like a small group of friends that is like a circle of trust that I've spoken openly with salaries about, but it's 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 a thing, right? It's something that it's not always okay to just ask. I mean, it's usually not okay to ask someone how much they make regardless of whether that's a friend or a family member or even a partner in relationships. It can take a while to kind of have that money talk. And I think a lot of times it's because we place our self-worth on our jobs and what we do for a living, but how much those jobs pay us. And how much we make ends up, regardless of what our kind of how what our lifestyles are and how much we need to spend, we don't talk about that as frequently. We're much more happy talking about that openly. I mean, in New York City, people talk about their rents, like they talk about the price of coffee. Like it's just something that people are so incredibly open about, but they're not as open about their salaries because I and you know, not a psychologist, but I think the rent is something that is – it's almost commoditized, right? It's like a two-bedroom flat in Nolita costs XYZ and that's just what it is. And if you want a little more space, you pay a little more money. If you want – it's more transactional whereas salaries vary so much for different types of jobs and experience and some jobs are more demanding than others but some industries also just pay more than others and that's not but that's not down to how talented someone is but that can make us feel like a real sense of self-worth attached to the number that we're getting paid also because it's it is transactional right you're still changing in like 9 hours a day or 10 hours a day or whatever it is for a dollar amount getting paid into your bank account. So they're literally giving you this figure and saying, this is you what you are worth to me. This is what I'll pay you. Is it worth it to you to come work for me? And then we give this number so much power over us. And if someone, if we just get promoted and we feel really proud of it, and then we find out that a coworker or a friend or a neighbor got promoted also and they're making a bit more money, we then feel bad about ourselves and we co- we compare and we use what other people are making regardless of their own personal circumstances but 
that comparison and if someone's making more or less, if someone's making less, maybe sometimes we feel a bit superior. It just puts so much, so much power over that number itself. And I think when when we let that take up a lot of our brain space and a lot of our self-image, it becomes a negative. If we can intentionally give our salaries and how we link them to our self-worth a limited or kind of an intentional amount of space in our in our brains in our own definition of what it our confidence and how we feel about ourselves and our self-image and all of that because it's it's silly to say it's like oh just ignore it it doesn't mean anything cuz it's not going to happen but if we can try to not make it 100% of the pie and make it like i don't know a third whatever it means to you and still weigh other things in your life the two-thirds your relationship with money and your relationship with work will get simpler and if you can use those comparisons of talking about money with your friends, your coworkers, to the extent that you're not printing out a sheet that you found from HR and leaving it on the printer and getting yourself fired, but to the extent that you can talk about money with people that you trust and in safe situations where you can feel trusted, it can give you leverage to know kind of what's out there, help you make decisions because sometimes it's totally fine to accept a lower paying job if there's other non-monetary things that you like about that job. And sometimes it's fine to accept the higher paying job at the expense of other things, but it's important to use to use these kind of comparisons to be intentional. Intentional is a word that I've really liked this podcast, but everything around money is and I mean not just money about feelings and thinking about your values and all of this stuff. Being intentional is really important. We talked about when comparing can make us feel bad or good and touching on kind of our values, our intention, giving it the comparisons enough brain space to be helpful but not enough to be destructive. And the last little note that I'll touch on about comparisons is that comparisons don't always have to be external to other people. A lot of times a very healthy way to use comparisons to improve your financial situation or your relationship with money is using yourself as your own peg of progress and saying, where was I a year ago? What have I accomplished in the past year? Whether it be financial or not, and it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes, I mean, honestly, some of the years where I've lost the most money or spent the most money have been some of the most rewarding. And that's okay. Using yourself as a base of comparison against whatever you're trying to get to and looking at where you were last year, last month, six months ago, whatever it is, and then looking out into the future and manifesting a plan for yourself for where you want to get to and writing it down, holding yourself accountable, using comparisons to your advantage Right, guys, I think I've used the word comparison more in the past 20 minutes than I have in the past 20 months. So I'm going to leave it there for now. But I do think it's a really important topic. It's something I think about a lot. It's something I try to be really 
careful when I see other people's lives, even a lot of times when it comes up in conversation and it's not meant to be hurtful or it's not meant to be kind of a hot topic, but people make comments all the time about other people's situations and it's natural to compare it to your own. But if next time you find yourself feeling down or up against someone else's, just remember this podcast, make a note, think about how you feel and let me know. I'd love to hear how other people react and deal with this stuff. And if there's anything you want us to cover, as always, let me know. Hope you enjoyed our first episode back and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Invest Like a Woman. To learn more and continue your financial wellness journey, visit us on finasana.com and follow us on Instagram. I'll see you next time.